Brock Lesnar could be coming back to WWE and Triple H is teasing some big plans for after WrestleMania. Find out more by searching Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't, right? Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. on Cultaholic Island. It's a bus full on Desert Island. Graps choosing their three favourite wrestling matches. This is the first time we have done one of these with so many people in the room. I'm ready for the challenge. I'm up for it. Uh, and what three finer people could you have in the room representing Impact Wrestling loud and proud ahead of the UK Invasion Tour? Make lots of noise. It's Mark Andrews. It's Flash Morgan Webster. It's Danny Luna. It's Subculture! Oh, Thanks now, for having us. Mark Andrews isn't quite ready yet. He's still in his car driving <laughs> to his home. Currently in the car, about 10 houses away from my house. Uh, my driver is going as fast as he can, and my driver is, in fact, my wife. Uh, I'm definitely not making enough money <laughs> to have my own personal driver. Flash, you are waiting in a car quite patiently. I was hoping that you and Mark would have been in the same car, Flash. Unfortunately, no. I was I was actually in a uh, in a studio, but it has no furniture. It was very echoey, and was told by the uh, media representative to uh, leave and get in my car. <laughs> so I'd be as professional as possible. Just to complete the set, Danny Luna with us as well. Danny, where are you talking to us from today? Are you in a car or not? No, I'm in my house. I came prepared. I was on time. Oh, just couldn't go much better for absolute me. Absolute really. pro, an absolute pro, Danny Luna. Why she's the leader. makes sense that we start with the leader so you've all come with three wrestling matches your favorite wrestling matches from other people uh, uh from other promotions all around the world that you would watch while stranded on a desert island and we're going to go through them one by 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 one throughout the show today uh danny i would love it if you start the ball rolling with your first wrestling match please okay my first i'm gonna start by maybe breaking the rules um but I, i'll explain myself and i think you'll think it's okay okay 
I would like to start with the double header of Daniel Bryan and Triple H and the triple threat from WrestleMania 30. Oh. And I think that counts because they're the same pay-per-view and they're the story of one match. You can't tell me they're not. Mm. If I have to one, it is the Triple H one, but I think I can have both. Well, if that's the case, I'm picking Deadly Games and just doing the entire pay-per-view. So that's the case, yeah. <laughs> In that case, I'm picking WCW from 1997. Now, uh, <laughs> so Danny, this is a, a particularly fabulous bookend to a, a, a really special WrestleMania. Uh, why this particular section of matches uh, for your Desert Island? So when I first started wanting to be a wrestler... It was as the kind of Daniel Bryan authority storyline was happening. And obviously, like, start to finish, it went on for a good few years. Um, But I thought, even though the WrestleMania technically, I guess, wasn't the culmination. I I think it was. It was the culmination. It's where it should have stopped. Um, And I thought that bookended WrestleMania was the perfect, like, build for Daniel Bryan. He beats the guy that's been battering him down in Triple H and then he wins the big one and it was the most perfect thing and the most like oh, if I can ever create anything this special like then that's that's the best you know you were 10 years old when you started watching wrestling Danny what was it that that drew you in in the first place obviously this match but like what was it was it was it a family member having the tv on was it conversations yeah so my older brother um was really interesting he's 10 years older than me um so he used to have it on all the time um and then my two sisters could not care less but I got into it from him um in the classic British way of where we just end up staying up until like 4am before school the next day to watch Raw you know um and that just kind of went from there I guess being exposed to it because he was like 20 when I started watching it too he kind of knew a bit more about the ins and outs of it than I did so I felt like I got quite smart to it quite early too um which just meant I felt like I could be a wrestler even sooner than most people I guess and you started training when in 2015 when uh, you were in Gloucester and what were some of the the early uh preconceptions that you had about wrestling that were that, that when you walked into that training school for the first time and how did it fare to what you thought it would be um i think it's a lot less glamorous than you think it's gonna be i think especially i started training like right as total divas started airing and if anything's going to give you a misconception about what how glamorous wrestling is is that show um because they're all obviously beautiful and tended to their every need and i was in a industrial estate in gloucester that was half burned down um but I think it reality checks you pretty quickly. And if anything, it's better to start there because you can only really go upwards. Um, and at the end of the day, like I got to go every week and I got to wrestle and that's kind of all that mattered to me. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was OK. I think it keeps you humble. It's always interesting where life could have taken you had wrestling not come along. Uh, Flash, you used to be a teacher. So I would assume that that was a, a life direction that you were going to be pulled in permanently had wrestling not come along. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I kind of already started uh, started wrestling. But yeah, the if I'm totally honest, the teaching kind of 
I kind of went down that route because uh, when it came to British wrestling originally, the only way people could make money off being a British wrestler, you know, trying to get yourself out there was being on the holiday camps. That was the biggest thing really before the boom kind of took place. And in my head, I was like, okay, what gives me weekends off? What gives me the summer holidays off? Teaching. <laughs> so that was literally my thought process. I was literally trying to model this career uh, around, you know, the time off so I could actually pursue wrestling as much as I could. And it was, again, I say, I would say lucky enough, the time I literally graduated uh, to be a teacher and when I got offered my first my first position as a, a full-time teacher, I also got offered uh, uh, Peter Ruggi Battle Los Angeles. I had to make the choice between the two, and I made the choice for Peter Ruggi, and I've never had a full-time job ever since. <laughs> so it's worked out pretty well. What did the faculty that you were working with make of your decision to go, oh, I'm going to go do the wrestling thing? Bye. Um, a lot of them were confused by it. They were less like, I think you've been like one or two of them was a bit like I think you've been a bit a bit silly or a bit stupid. But I bumped into one or two of them since championship. I know that a lot of them were like fair play. You've uh, you proved us wrong, and you you're smashing this. So I think they were very much like didn't understand it, didn't get it. But since then they've been uh, really supportive and kind of you know admitted that they were wrong. Uh, let's do your first wrestling match then, Flash Morgan Webster. What would you like your first match to be to watch while stranded on a desert island? So my first match is uh, Eddie Guerrero versus uh, Brock Lesnar from No Way Out 2004. So why this particular? I mean, I mean, it's a golden bit of wrestling. It's a great story they tell in the run up to it. Eddie beating his demons, and then you know that line from Brock Lesnar: "You're not fighting the odds anymore. You're fighting me." Oh, it's Goosebump Central. Uh, but what about this match? Jump just leave sends it above and beyond for you. So it's like I guess it's it's two part answer to that really. And like the first one is like I'd start to kind of get smart to wrestling. Uh, I knew that they were going to be doing Lesnar and Goldberg in the build up to this. So part of me was like, he's not winning this, right? He's, I loved Eddie Guerrero. I thought he was incredible. I was like, he's not winning this. And I remember staying up late. I remember um, we had a half term and I was like, okay, I can stay up and watch this. And I stayed up and I remember as the match went on, I started to think like, maybe, maybe he's going to, maybe he's going to take this. I was fully suckered in. And then of course we have the, the little bit towards the end where Goldberg gets involved and then my brain starts going, okay, they're building to this Brock Lesnar match. And then he kind of like, you have the kick out and you think, okay, this is where we're going. And then when he hits that, when he hits that DDT onto the championship, climbs up and hits that frog splash. I remember waking my mother up because I was like, I was screaming the house down because he'd won. <laughs> like the, the, it, that was the moment I'd been a wrestling fan for ages, but that was the moment I was like, I want to be a professional wrestler. And uh, I kind of had like that full circle moment. And Mark, I'll, Mark will tell you this. When we won the, um, the championships in WWE, we were in the ring and the referee leans into us when we're there in front of our hometown. Uh, and they turn and say to us, you can get in the crowd. Mass Mark, before we even before we even said it, I was already out that ring, already in that crowd. And for me, it was like, <laughs> that was the moment I wanted to become a professional wrestler. And now we are becoming the first Welsh champions in WWE. I'm able to literally recreate that moment with one of my best friends by my side. Like, it, oh, again, I got goosebumps. It's, I think it's incredible. Mark, that moment means so much to you as well. Thank you for joining us, by the way. You're now safely ensconced in your home, uh, as we can I'm see. I'm here. 
I've made it, guys. Beautifully done, beautifully done. That moment where you guys win the titles uh, at TakeOver Cardiff with Adrian Street in the front row as well. And as, as, as Flash Wong said, your best friend by your side, it tells such a story. How did you and Flash come to meet? Oh, now this is a story. This is a story, Tom. So <laughs> I actually first saw a very young Flash Morgan Webster wrestle on the Backyard Wrestling Forums. And I little did I realise that he was only a few towns away in the Welsh Valleys. So one day when um, a few a few kind of guys a few years older than me because I was I was training at the age of what 13, 14, and a few guys a bit older than me showed up. And I was like, who are these guys busting out blue thunder bombs and reverse hurricane runners and Canadian destroyers? And it turns out it was the wild boar, Flash Morgan Webster, and a few of their backyard friends from a new wave wrestling that they used to do up in Evervale. And I'd been watching these guys on the internet for like a few months beforehand. So um, you could say I was a fan of Flash maybe just before I had actually met him at uh, training. Uh, but from then, it kind of quickly became, you know, we would talk on MSN. Uh, for any of the younger listeners of this podcast, you won't know what that is. But like oh, a, a messaging, that makes me so sad. You know There's a whole like, generation oh. that don't know what it is. It makes me so sad. <laughs> Gary <laughs> Luna will explain to you later what that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking MSN, and then you know from there, I just see him regularly at training. You know, and our group kind of formed around, I guess, the bond that we all had over wrestling and backyard wrestling as well. To be honest, because I was dabbling in that at the time. You know, when you're that age there's not a lot of wrestling companies that want to book you in a wrestling match. So um, I think it actually helped our careers the more I look back at it now. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's how me and Flash met, along with the Wild Boar as well. So with that in mind, uh, let's go back and let's pick your first wrestling match, Mark Andrews, for your Desert Island. What would you like it to be? The first one, and it's an easy go-to, and I think people will expect it from me, TLC2. WrestleMania 17, Hardys, Dudleys, Edge and Christian. And I was unsure, do I go with TLC1? You know, do I go for the No Mercy ladder match for Hardys and Edge and Christian? I, I wasn't sure which way to go. But for me, I think when I was watching WrestleMania 17, I must have been, what, nine years old, I think. Um, and that was when I really first started to get investing, uh, you know, like getting invested in WWF at the time. Um, and... Yeah, that was the big one for me. So, you know, the very, I, I know there's a lot of similar spots from like the year before and stuff like that, but WrestleMania 17 is kind of the best one in my eyes. So that's my first one. I could watch that match forever. Is there a particular moment from that match that always sings to you? So, I mean, Jeff's big fall off the top is great, but the camera angle is better from the year before at WrestleMania 2000. So I'm going to go with the Edge Spear. Because that's from that match, right? I, I'm not confusing it with another one. That one's from 17, right? The where, yeah. where Bubba takes the ladder and then he droops back and the big... Yeah, that's got to be the spot of the night, I think. And that's an incredible moment that just stays with you forever. Uh, so some of those stories that you that you tell will stay with you for a long time. That spear coming off uh, the top rope is one of those. Uh, Danny Luna, I think the time you were held hostage in a chippy is a story that will keep with you for a long time as well. How do you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> it was me. No, uh, was, wow. no I, I, I'd love you to tell this story because uh, there's road stories don't come any more weird and wild and woolly than Danny Luna's story. <laughs> okay. So, what is this story, Danny? <laughs> Please. Do you guys not know it? No. no oh, you wow. know it better than we do at this stage. <laughs> So I was in Preston. Um, it's the only time I've ever wrestled in Preston. I might never go back. Um, <laughs> and it was me and Nadia Sapphire, I believe. We'd just done a show for PCW. And obviously from Wales, it's like a 
eight hour drive or something ridiculous. So I remember it taking ages to get there. Um, and we were leaving and we were driving home and there was a chip shop right outside the venue. And anyone who has been around that area, it's not the, the best place to be. Um, and it looked a bit rough. I was like, yeah, it's a chip shop. It'll be fine. We go into this chip shop. Um, we place an order and the man walks in behind us and just shuts the door. And we're kind of like, oh, okay, don't say anything. You know, like, don't mess with him. And, um, and then he's like, <laughs> he just, he's asking, I think he's asking for money from the till, but they're not, they're not buying it. They're like, well, what do you want? And they just, they start trying to pay him in like chips. <laughs> <laughs> Smart, smart. <laughs> Wrap them up like a battered sausage and chips. And they're like, is this what you want? Um, and he's like, no, give me all your money. And eventually, like, it gets to the point. We've already got our food. We're just stuck in here with this man who's shouting at this poor lady who works in the chip shop. And it got to the point where I, I think I was maybe 16. And I got it got to the point where I just had to go, mate, can you just let us out of the chip shop, please? I just want to go home. And then he was like, Yeah. He just opened the door <laughs> and, out, and then closed it again and carried on trying to rob him. And, and we just left. Some oh say he's God. still there that to this day. <laughs> I I think it's an incredible story and uh and, and you got chips out of it and you managed to to to, to sneak past a felon with the most obvious mm. employees going, Can I leave now? Why didn't other I would like to say that I fought for you know their justice and defended that poor woman but i didn't either <laughs> for great honor and for great justice like the justice that daniel bryan had at the main event of wrestlemania 30 that was your first <laughs> match on your desert island what would you like your second to be danny luna i would like my second match to be and this might obviously an incredible match but maybe just for the promo video alone which is one of my favorite promo videos of all time is the um undertaker Shawn michaels wrestlemania 26 Oh. where they do the running up that hill promo video. And my God, the feels, the absolute feels. Um, and obviously it's such an incredible match for those two and such a culminative moment in each of their careers too. Um, but the whole like Shawn Michaels, if I can't beat The Undertaker, I have no career. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> the absolute best. Uh, so out of those two matches, because we get those matches come up a lot and it is difficult to choose between them because they're both so great. Has it Was it the, the the video package that tipped it over for that one for you or is there other elements at play here? I think just the build was so incredible. I think the to me, the first match is part of the build to the second match, if you know what I mean. You um, can't pick two matches again. This is not how it works. I'm not, I'm not. I swear, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. <laughs> and for my third choice, I would like to choose uh, WrestleMania 15, 17, and 19, Rock vs. Austin. Speaking of major events, Impact Wrestling, the UK Invasion Tour is coming. Glasgow 26th, Newcastle 27th, Coventry uh, 28th and the 29th. Uh, this is something that you guys uh, are now, as we can now, and we can now say, because by the time this goes out, it has been announced. You guys are part of the show as well. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have started without you. Uh, turning point, Newcastle 27th uh, is, is one I'm particularly excited about. Flash, any memories of wrestling in the northeast of England? Again, I think uh, out of the three of us, I think maybe I've wrestled in the northeast probably the most but um yeah uh, me and the wild boar had a, 
a great tag match once up in Newcastle where I uh, did a huge flip dive off this, I want to say, ledge and was only caught by two people and messed up my foot for about three or four months. So yeah, it was great. I loved that. It was fantastic. <laughs> so I'm glad that Newcastle, where did you Where did you go following that match? Did you go out somewhere in Newcastle? Was it straight to, Probably straight the, to hospital, the RBI? I'm totally honest with you, yeah. Probably hospital. <laughs> I mean, the RBI is nice in Newcastle, so there's worse places to go, I suppose. Um, coming back to Newcastle, I mean, the the U, just in general, I think this is worth pointing out to those who are listening ab- uh, overseas. Like, Impact uh, coming to the UK, the fans are something else over here, aren't they? Ah, yeah, totally. Like, I again, I think there's going to be a lot of people on that UK tour from Impact who haven't experienced it yet. Uh, you know, we're just off the back of one of the biggest wrestling events of all time down in London. And what made that event so good, and it was a good event, but what made that event so good was the crowd, was the fact that we are so hungry over here for top quality wrestling that I know that when Impact come here uh, in Glasgow, you know, uh, Newcastle and Coventry, the crowd is just going to be absolutely soaking it up and loving every second of it. And I think uh, the Impact wrestlers who haven't been here yet are in for a, a big surprise, a good, good, big surprise. Well, I'm ready for my next good surprise, which is going to be your second match. So we've got Eddie Guerrero and Brock Lesnar from No Way Out 2004. What's your second going to be, Flash? My second match is Amazing Red versus Loki, uh, Road to the Title from Ring of Honor. So for me, uh, this was the first independent uh, wrestling uh, match I ever saw. My friend had downloaded it, maybe illegally on LimeWire, maybe not. I can't can't, can't confirm that. Yeah, uh, I can't confirm that or deny that. Uh, might have been, might be Beshay, who knows? Uh, one of those. Uh, but I just remember that again, loads of people have probably seen this, that opening sequence with the, the swinging the kicks and the ducks and stuff like that. I think there's been so many people who have tried to recreate that. That spot's over 20 years old now. And I don't think anyone has ever got even close to recreating how good that was. And I remember just uh, seeing it. There were people my size, uh, people who weren't larger than life and they were doing something that was just absolutely breathtaking. And I remember just looking at this and going, what is this? And my friend being like, it's Ring of Honor, mate. It's Ring- I've never heard of Ring of Honor. As my friend Dan, of course, being big wig, probably had seen Ring of Honor all of 10, 10 minutes before I had seen it. But uh, yeah, that, that, is, that, is my, uh, that is my second choice. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't, right? Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y dot 
and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. The X Division is something that very much tries to uh, encapsulate that sort of style, and it's something that Impact Wrestling does so well. Uh, as, and you'll see it in action as part of the UK tour. But as well as that, in Coventry, uh, we've got Gut Check. We're going to be uh, looking for a, a brand-new Impact Wrestling star where uh, the winner will get a developmental deal and a bursary to go and train with Impact in Canada. Now, Mark Andrews, you're absolutely the right person to bring in at this point as a former winner of the predecessor for this, which was the TNA Boot Camp. Uh, reflecting on that experience, uh, what advice would you give to anybody stepping into gut check? Oh, stepping into gut check. I mean, this is going to sound like real vague advice, but stay open-minded with it because I think a lot of people in wrestling, and this is how I, I and my fellow competitors from British Boot Camp 2 felt going into that competition, is um, it, it's easy to know your role in wrestling and what you are good at, but often with these kind of competitions and these tryout scenarios, you're asked to do more of you and you're asked to kind of leave your comfort zone a little bit. You know, if you're great in ring, but not great on your promos, they're going to ask you to do a promo and vice versa. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're good with your power moves, they might want you hitting the ropes, that kind of thing. So I, my, my advice would be kind of like prepare with everything. Make sure you go in with kind of a, a, as many feathers in your hat as you possibly can, uh, but to also be open-minded to what they ask of you and just to give it a go and, and to have fun, most importantly, because at the end of the day, everybody has a better a better chance and a better go at it when they're enjoying it, you know, trying not to go in too intimidated by the scenario because um, I know I was super nervous before doing British Boot Camp too, and, and the more I eased into it, I think, the more it led to my success, to be honest, because it just it became easier the more fun I was having. It's all about having fun, and we'll get to your second match on that note, Mark Andrews. So TLC 2 is your first one for your Desert Island. What would you like your second to be? So similar to Flash, my second match uh, is kind of like one of the first matches I saw, uh, not necessarily from the Indies, but from Japan. So this is a real niche match from, I believe, 2007, and it's from Noah. Uh, it is Kenta and um, Taiji Ishimori, who at the time I was getting really into Taiji Ishimori because he had that sweet superstar elbow. It was like a moon scent uh, elbow drop. It was awesome. It was, it was Kenta and Ishimori against Marafuji and Abushi. So I think mean, this is one of the first times Kota Abushi, or one of the only times I believe Kota Abushi had wrestled for Noah. And they have this absolutely insane tag match for the GHC Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. And I just... I, I've seen it loads of times since then. And I think it just, for me, it holds a place in my heart of like the first time I had seen a match like that. You know, a match with that type of action, that type of athleticism and crazy moves that I'd never seen before and hitting hitting the hell out of each other as well. So yeah, it holds a very special place in my in my heart. Was this a line wire job as well, by any chance, Mark Andrews? <laughs> you know what? At this stage, it might have been a YouTube job, but I definitely didn't pay for it, <laughs> if that's what you're asking. <laughs> I'm just worried if you if you bump into Kenta, you might owe him some money then for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, owe some of that royalty, royalty what, paycheck. <laughs> whatever the wrestling YouTube version of PRS is, you might have to pay him something. <laughs> uh, when we talk about Impact Wrestling, we talk about uh, the Knockouts Division, which is easily... Uh, hands down, one of the uh, the finest uh, female-led divisions 
in the in the Western world. There is so much good to come of it. And Danny Luna, you enter uh, a an eclectic and exciting, uh, uh, pun intended, impactful mix uh, of competitors. How is the pressure when you know that you're going into and you're competing in a division that has such an esteemed legacy? I do think there is pressure, but there's more just excitement. I think because I'm. I'm very I was very lucky that a lot of the people I met when I went into the knockouts locker room for the first time I bumped into a lot of them just throughout my career anyway whether it be in the indies or whether it be in WWE like not there wasn't too many strangers in there and I knew that there was such a quality of talent there that no matter how I did, I was going to be okay. You know, they're all so good at what they do and they're all so professional about it that as long as I brought it, I was going to be fine. And that's exactly what happened. And I feel like I've taken to it like a duck to water. And I think they're all such a fantastic group of women and so incredibly empowering of each other too, which is such a nice environment and like such not a, stereotypical girls environment they're all just sick wrestlers that one has sick matches and it's the best place for me to be and when, when a division is so uh you know when, when it's so popular and you get so many people coming in and going out on a, on a tour like this where you've got uh, a, a a small but mighty section of the roster uh, heading on the uk and you're there amongst jordan grace diana Peraza, we know hall of famer gail kim is on the tour as well among others does that open opportunity for you to really stand out knowing that the there's going to be less people competing for tv time when you're there I guess so. I suppose I also have the home field advantage, you know, mm-hmm. these are my people at the end of the day. Um, so I, I think it's really exciting. I think it's exciting. Obviously we've gone out to Canada a few times now and now we get a chance to kind of do it on our turf with our crowds, like you said, that kind of know us all very well. Um, and I'm really excited to see how it kind of pans out. Like you said, the talent we've got there, like Jordan Grace and Deanna and, Gail Kim, like if this if this tour somehow ends with Danny Luna versus Gail Kim, I will not complain. <laughs> <laughs> Your third and final match, then Danny Luna. What have we got for you, from you? Okay, so f- similarly to Mark, I'm going Japan too, but I'm going a little bit before, and I'm going to the All Japan Women's Championship, and I'm doing Aja Kong versus Manami Toyota from Queendom 95, I believe. They had about three, but 95 was my favourite. What makes that one the one that stands out to you the most? So they are, I think they get long, I think each one gets longer and longer. I think the final one is about an hour and 20 minutes long, which is too, it's too long. Um, <laughs> but this, this second one is a sweet 32 minutes of just absolute insanity. Like, if you think of the year, so it's 1995, and the stuff that they pull out in this match, Manamu Toyota does about four missile drop kicks from the top rope to the floor and just is not phased. Like, I convinced some of these people aren't human. And I remember going back, I'd started wrestling by the time I started watching kind of All Japan Women's and seeing the kind of wrestling that I was not only just being taught, but kind of seeing on TV. And then finding this that was from like 20 years ago, but some of the stuff they were doing was absolutely wild. And to think that that was so long ago and it's somehow like that isn't what was happening now, 
But I think nowadays we're starting to get a little bit more mental with it and it's really exciting. Um, and I think they're such predecessors and I think no matter how much I kind of shout from the rooftops about it, it will never be enough credit for the amount of effort they put into that division at the time. They feel like time travellers, don't they? Mm. Any way to describe it. Uh, we've told the story about how uh, Flash Morgan website Mark Andrews came to meet, but I'm keen to know, and, and anybody can jump in with stories, great, bad, and embarrassing as you like. How does Danny Luna fit into the subculture mix? How did you guys all come to meet for the first time? I would like to know when you guys think we met for the first time. <laughs> oh, no. It's a, it's a test. It's a test. When you I'd like to know when Mark right. Andrews met <laughs> Danny Luna. <laughs> I remember first meeting you, um, and this is probably wrong though, um, when yeah. uh, I, we were training in Kate's Community Centre, I believe, because you'd come down to train at Dragon Pro Wrestling, you were training up in, was it Cheltenham or, Glo- or Gloucester, I forget mm. which, uh, I was confused with too. It was Gloucester, right? Yeah, you said it earlier in the interview, of course. Um, from uh, You know, came down from training in Gloucester, you wanted to get some kind of better training and there wasn't a lot in that area, so you came down to Dragon Pro, and yeah, you started training in Kate's and then you got really sick. And then I was like, she's good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the story, right? Or have I confused it? I think it would have been Attack would have been where we met. Really? Yeah, because I helped out Attack before I started training at Dragon Pro. Ah, uh, most probably. I know yeah. when it was. Yeah. I know when it was. Sorry, I know when it was. Broken Fiddle? The... No, it was um, Walkabout where you did the tag. Which, the five on five? Yeah. The Jim Legion tag? Yeah. Oh, that was a sick show. Yeah, there were loads of people there. I've already, you know, I wouldn't have remembered, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome you were at that show. What a show. How about you two? How about Flash and, and Danny? Yeah, how about Flash and Danny? Oh, oh I'm definitely going to be wrong. Which um, <laughs> so, uh, I. So I did this. I did this autograph signing for my biggest fan, and Danny showed up. To, uh, <laughs> I held it at the Isle of Wight, made it really difficult. She swam the channel. It was it was inspiring <laughs> to be fair. Um, and I was like, that girl, that girl, she's number two. Put my arm around my mother, and she knew her place. Then didn't she, Diana? But uh, no, I want to say that it was a pro wrestling chaos that you came and helped out, and I do believe that you were there with Sid and a few of the others. Uh, from that area, is that correct? That that sounds about right. Okay. Can I That's can I just throw out when there. did we become bestie? That's the real story. Yeah, it, I, I remember that this makes it seem like we like hardly know our tag team partner. That was yeah, that was We're years all ago. We're really now. close friends now. It's just that there was lots of bonding over the years after that. I can't remember when we first met. <laughs> uh, so we so we held an audition for a third member of the subculture, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> she showed up. She was great. Yeah. The only one that showed up. <laughs> <laughs> My mother again, but I said, you're too old, Denise, you're too old. <laughs> uh, you've mentioned about meeting in training there. And um, now, Flash, I know you've recently opened a wrestling school in Staffordshire. Uh, what was the impetus behind you finally deciding that you wanted to to give back and, and guide the next generation? So uh, I, I kind of, I haven't been secretive about this, but uh, like last year, um, I, I came to a point, you know, we'd been released and I was coming off the back of my second shoulder surgery, which had been the hardest rehab I'd ever had to do. And I kind of came out of that. We'd had COVID tapings before we'd been wrestling in front of nobody. And I kind of started to lose the passion for uh, for performing. Um, maybe it was because, again, that rehab had been so hard. 
we'd gone so long without wrestling in front of good fans, um, just in front of hardly anybody. And I just couldn't remember why I wanted to do this. But one thing, again, uh, when I was teaching, I was enjoying teaching. So I was like, okay, maybe this is the next progression path that I start to, uh, I start to teach. And I started uh, helping out at a school up this way. And over the course of that year, um, I just kind of got more and more involved. I just saw the passion that these people were showing up and reminding me uh, why they love professional wrestling. And it kind of helped me remind me why I love professional wrestling. And uh, I said as well that we were, we were fortunate enough to uh, defend these Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Championships uh, at some in independent promotions, one of them at Pro Wrestling Chaos. And one of the matches that means a lot to me was I was able to do it against uh, Jack Nudson and Benjamin Hartland, uh, Act 2. And the reason that meant so much to me is they've been training with me for the last 18 months. And they're kind of one of the big reasons why I kind of like started to fall back in love with wrestling. So... Like kind of seeing them smash it, going out every weekend and then coming to training and putting so much effort in made me kind of want to go back on the scene and, and you know, hold my end up of the bargain and say, hey, I'm still killing it too. So to be able to give them that opportunity to wrestle for the Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Championships meant the world for me. And it was almost like a, a thank you for kind of helping me uh, find my passion again. And I think Impact Wrestling is, is, is synonymous with this now. It's They're, they're so open with working with uh, so many other companies. I mean, this UK tour, uh, we know that Wrestle Carnival uh, is a big part of uh, what's happening in Coventry and North Wrestling in Newcastle uh, is a big part of the of, of Turning Point as well. Uh, and, and you seem to have a lot of creative freedom, all three of you, when it comes to Impact Wrestling. Is that, is that the case? Because that's certainly how it appears from what we're seeing. Yeah, de definitely. Kind of like they kind of give you a little bit of direction to say this is what we'd like, but kind of put your spin on it. The fact that we were able to, you know, come into Impact and they didn't want to change anything about subculture, that they loved the music that uh, we were all kind of, you know, influential and kind of like help put together alongside hot tag media like the logo that mark created the music video that we come out to mark created so it's like again allowing us to kind of have that identity and keep it and you know let our creative juices flow was it's been great and then when we were asked to do a lot of promo videos again a lot of it was kind of this is what we'd like but you do it yourself and we were able to pick the locations able to edit them ourselves and send them over so we were able to keep our uh, unique identity the entire time uh, let's do your third and final match then flash we've had some bangers so far from yourself uh, is the third one a line wire special or is this one that you've watched legally <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i would have saw this uh, on the wrestling channel i do believe back in the day oh, wow. um, that's a core memory that is aj styles versus samoa joe versus Christopher Daniels, Unbreakable 2005. Fantastic. Please. One of the first times that the uh, X Division title took front and centre. Um, it was with that match. Um, where were you when you watched it for the first time? Can you remember? Yeah, so I was in, I was in Mike Hitchman's house. Uh, his parents had gone away. Uh, we had dragged all the mattresses as far close to the house as we possibly could uh, in the back garden. And we were just watching it and uh, then trying to go outside and recreate some of the stuff we had just seen. So again, it literally was a do not try this at home, pure ignorance and just going straight outside and trying to recreate what we had just seen. Was there one particular move that nearly caught you out that you attempted to recreate from that unbreakable triple threat match? 
Oh, the one, the one, the one that we've definitely recreated in the backyard was. Uh, I, I remember getting so. I think we were the only few maybe that'd seen this match. It was uh, me, my friend Daniel Probert, and of course Bo, my kitchman. And uh, the great spot where they do the monkey flip and he catches him with a hurricane runner. Now Bo's always done this incredible package pile driver, and I remember him flipping me over his shoulder and me catching a hurricane runner on my other friend. And one of my friends just stood there going. I don't think that was supposed to happen. And I was like, we've worked them. We've worked the others. We've done it. I lo- it's, 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 it's a very Welsh response. Oh, I don't think that was supposed to happen. <laughs> oh, that was good. I don't think that was supposed to happen. <laughs> Moving on, Mark. Now, we talk about creativity uh, within impact wrestling and uh, you obviously uh, involved with the music that's been happening because you know as many many may or may not know uh, you're in a band yourself uh, where are things with junior at the moment obviously the impact stuff is taking up a lot more of your time uh, and I, I how is the music end of things as well so yeah so the the band for me junior for, for me and my bandmates uh, matt and Sai, has always been, definitely been kind of like a labor of love and like a, a passion we've had on the side of our all of our individual careers. Uh, I obviously had a, um, I think I mentioned earlier, but I had a, a child seven months ago. So I've got a little baby daughter and our drummer Sai is also expecting his kid very soon as well. So at the moment, it's very much uh, a, we're growing up and how much time have we got to, to focus on the band. I'm not sure how much we're going to be sleeping on people's floors and touring around the UK anytime soon. But I can say that we are in the uh, we are in the writing stage for a release that should be coming out next next year. So I'm glad that we're still writing music. Next year is our tenth anniversary, our ten year anniversary as a band. So we'll definitely have some cool things planned for next year. Uh, but I think we're going to take the rest of the year off and just carry on writing for now and not plan <laughs> any big gigs uh, just yet. As you said, pretty busy between impact, independent dates, and uh, fathering my child as well. So um, uh, yeah, I won't add any gigs for now. There's enough going on, I think. Uh, let's do your third and final match then, Mark. What have we got for the last one? So my final match, and I'm going to choose this one because I haven't yet watched it to death. So if I was stuck uh, on a desert island, I would, I, it, it would be like watching it kind of all over again. Um, but this match is an absolute banger. It opens SummerSlam 2002, Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. I would say maybe the best opener of all time. This one with the big head scissors over the springboard. Yeah, it is incredible. The the start is so back and forth. I've tried to imitate that start many times uh, in matches and fails because they're just (laughs) superheroes, they're aliens, how they do it. Um, And also, like, I I mean, I think that, that those two wrestlers, Rey and Angle, are two examples that don't get considered enough as the best of all time. I think there's a good argument, a real strong argument that both of them could be the best of all time. Um, They're just very, very unique. So you don't ever think of them in that position, but they're just, they're they're incredible. Both of them, huge fan of both of those wrestlers and especially that match. And they can go with any size and any shape of people as well, despite what, you know, their size and shape, whoever's in there, you're going to get a banger out of both of them. Um, exactly how much, yeah how much of an influence was ray on you mark because i know when you were the lightning kid you wrestled under a mask was that did, as, yes. a, as, as, a, as an homage to ray mysterio or was that a, a part of something else um it was only a homage because uh, in the way that i was very young at the time i wore that mask when i was like 15 years old and i'm sure he probably started wearing a mask when he was younger as well um so no not necessarily a homage to him however i think any wrestler like my size or Flash's size or any wrestler that wears a mask, really, um, I, I struggle to find anyone 
any cruiserweight or mass wrestler who, who doesn't take influence from Rey Mysterio because he's just, he is the best of all time at what he does. You know, he's just, there's no masked wrestler that can even touch him, in my opinion. And to be honest, there's no cruiserweight wrestler that can touch him. He's just, he's he's nailed it. You know, he's had the perfect career in lots of ways. Um, and he's ticked every box. He's credible in every country in the world. He's done every style. He's, he's made it big on a, te- a televised product in WWE. And he's had absolute, you know, barn burners on the indies and when it was the WCW cruiserweights. So he's ticked every box. And I think he's just, yeah, he's a huge inspiration for me. But I think he is for, for any wrestler who's like my size and my style. Here's four boxes to tick. Glasgow, 26th of October. Newcastle, 27th of October. Coventry, 28th and 29th of October. It is the Impact UK Invasion Tour. 27th in Newcastle will be turning point on Impact+. Plus. Uh, we have Gut Check on the 28th and 29th as well. Uh, it's a massive, massive month coming up for Impact. What we're bound for glory at the same time as well. Loads going on. So over the moon to have Subculture, uh, the Impact World Tag Team Champions with us today as well. Before I let you all go uh i'd like if you don't mind there's a little bit that we do on this show to wrap it up where i say you can go back in time and you can speak to your younger self and offer one little bit of advice that they can take forward so uh danny started with yourself uh that that young danny luna uh, walking into that dusty old warehouse in gloucester in 2015 what tiny bit of advice would you like to give her um trust your instinct i feel like there's a lot of times i stuck around places that I knew maybe I could grow and be better than, but I stuck around out of nicety or, you know, not wanting to put a foot in the wrong place. But I think for the most part, I've always made a decision and then gone, oh, I should have made that decision for quicker and maybe I'd have been in a better place. So always trust your instinct. It'll never do you wrong. Flash Morgan Webb, so we go back in time for you. On one hand, you've got your teaching contract. In the other, it is plane tickets. They'll take you to pro wrestling gorilla. You can give yourself one piece of advice at that particular point in your life. What would it be? Probably just, you know, sack it off and just go teach geography. You know, it's a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even teach geography. I'm lying. I'm not a lot teacher. Um, now, if I had to give myself my biggest bit of advice back in time, I think it would be uh, I stayed in trunks for way too long. Uh, I should have definitely gone to uh, tights as quick as I could. Sometimes I, I see it as jarring. I was in bikers for a little bit as well, but I think the moment I moment I swapped to those pinstriped uh, trousers was the moment that Flash Morgan Webster, the brand and everything came together. So I would say uh, that's my biggest advice is get out of uh, out of the trunks and out of the bikers as soon as possible into tights. Get out of trunks as soon as possible. Now, Mark Andrews, before Zach Sabre Jr. can uh, mentor and guide your career, you can go back in time and speak to yourself beforehand and give yourself one piece of advice. What would that be? I think it would be to go easy on myself. I've, I've got a lot of pressure on myself when I was younger. Um, and I think over the years, sometimes that took out the enjoyment because I put such pressure on myself to kind of perform at a level that I I wanted to be at. Um, but it definitely made it harder sometimes before matches. And I think that's kind of stuck with me my entire career. And maybe I would have learned to have more confidence later in my career if early on I'd learned to kind of chill out and enjoy it a little bit more. So yeah, that's my advice. I love the cross section of chill out a little bit more, go easy on yourself. Uh, with with Danny, it is trust your instincts and you know see where it takes you. And for Flash, get out of tight, get out of trunks as quick as you can. Wearing those shorts, man. <laughs> you know, I ain't got I ain't got the legs. I ain't got the legs. I haven't got those. I haven't got those Danny Luna muscular legs. Uh, you know, <laughs> give me a mark. She, that's why she's the leader. That's why she's the leader. She's the powerhouse. 
Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.